Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of the Sco Bro Show. I am the little bro Sco, Dave Schofield, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. And with me is the big bro Sco, my big brother Rich. Rich, how you doing? In the infamous words of one Ric Flair. Woo! There we go. There we go. Yeah. Um, Celebrate that Steeler win. Exactly. It's one of these things right now going on. This is strange. This or this game shouldn't. Sorry, this show should not be happening this close to the game. This is really weird to try to transition from one to the next because it's it's so fresh. But speaking of fresh, um, I don't want to keep them waiting. We have someone who's going to join us tonight because I started this really early in the off season, trying to every couple weeks um, bring in one of the writers from behind the still curtain. Uh, we had Kevin Smith who actually came on two different times. And now he's uh, he, he joined bad for the, um, what was that? The pregame show. I don't want to screw this up yeah. uh, this past week. Th- did a great job there. We had Jeffrey Bradedict on. Now he's a regular. We had Michael Beck on before he was the deputy editor. So now he has his own shows. Um, we had Flip Fisher on when he was still with Behind the Steel Curtain. And now um, never had Tony Defio on this show simply because he has his own show. So the only person that we hadn't had come on yet, we're finally bringing on. So tonight I'm going to bring him up here. And we want to welcome uh, one of the other writers for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, Shannon White. Shannon, do you hear us? Yes. How are you doing this evening? Doing awesome after last night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. You know exactly all? how it goes. Yeah, yeah we, we are. All. We are all. I, I tell you what, I, I'll be honest. I didn't get to sleep until after 4 a.m. <laughs> Because not only was I working on stuff with the site, I was distra- well. I did the post game show. I got distracted by the other football game being on. I was trying to do other things. I couldn't focus on the stuff that I needed to do, and I just couldn't wind down until I was. I, I have articles that are being that haven't even been published yet that I wrote last night because I was just ready to go. So super excited after those two hundred and sixty days off. Um, super excited because I got to bring this up. Super excited because yesterday I got to be a part of something special. Yesterday was the debut in the written word of Big Bro Sco on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com as Rich is taking care of the knee-jerk reactions for us with each game. Rich, how was that for you? How was that article? Oh, it, it was fun to do because I'm sitting there doing it during the game. Um, actually, what was funny, at one point we had all four of us sitting there watching the game and... I think it was the second Juju touchdown. Mm-hmm. I like, you know, he scored. I just, I just yelled, Juju. Oh my goodness. Uh, my wife and my daughter like freaked out. They're like, not so loud. And I'm just like, <laughs> then go watch in the other room. Go. I'm gonna be loud. Yeah. Well, I'm kind of the opposite with my family that if they're too loud where I can't hear the game, they've got to go. <laughs> How about you, Shannon? What's your, what's your viewing experience? I usually just have immediate family. Nobody else needs to be around. I get I get a little bit excited. Uh, I hear I scream at the screen like they can hear me. I I think we're all guilty of that one. Um, I've never been more. I, I think the one that I've gone the most crazy in my basement was the Christmas Day game. 
um, against the Ravens a few years ago. I mean, I couldn't sit down. I am jumping up and down. I am screaming. I am flailing. People are, are I mean, my, my son was actually sitting over in the corner putting together Legos that he got for Christmas. And he was, he was like, he knew I was going crazy. I was just, I couldn't sit down. It was just, that's what I've been missing. And last night, I'm going to ask you both about this because Rich brought up a specific play. And that was, before we get into a little bit more about Shannon here, he brought up that last Juju touchdown. It was kind of one of those sealing the deal things. The nail in the coffin. And then you realize what happened to Zach Banner on that play. Yeah. Did it kind of, did it one, you not even realize what was going on at first or, or two, did it kind of like take a little bit away from that? What was your, we'll start with Shannon. What was your kind of experience with that play? You know, kind of, did you even realize what was going on until later on? No, I was uh, just so excited about the touchdown and then like to watch Juju and his celebration. So he's laying down there at the pylon, you know, okay, and then he gets AV to come over and kneel down there. And we had no idea that Banner was hurt until after the commercial. And then when it come back, you see the replay and you see his knee give out. Mm-hmm. And it was a non-contact situation. And anytime you see that, it's a bad omen. Yeah, I mean, kind of like those non-contact knee injuries, those – I kind of got the same feeling I got last year in the Seattle game when I saw Ben throw that pass when he grabbed his arm. Yeah. That yeah. I knew there was something bad, something something going on. Rich, what was what was your reaction with that play? Were you? I know you screamed. You already told us that part. Well, I, I screamed, but it, I agree with Shannon. It was, there was enough time in between the two – that you almost didn't even realize that he was hurt on the touchdown. Like I celebrated the touchdown. Yeah. And then it was like, yeah, a little bit later, suddenly it's like, Oh shoot. Zach Banner's hurt. Yeah. Well, I was actually finishing up the article on James Connor officially being ruled, you know, they didn't say for the longest time what he was, what, what the deal was with him, with his injury. And I was finishing up that article to, to put out and missed that was Newski was hurt. And when I heard them reference that as soon after that touchdown during the commercial break, I rewound in order to try to catch it all again. Um, because when you got to write something during the game, you, you can't focus as much on what they're saying and I had to catch all that. And I was, when I saw that with Banner, I was like, Oh no, I, I knew it. I, I knew it right, right away, but let's not, he is out. He did put something on his Twitter within the last, oh, it was probably within the last 90 minutes. He recorded a video um, that he is having surgery on Friday. Um, so that means his season is going to be done. And um, so it, it was, you know, the worst that everyone feared that they were still hoping maybe not. Yeah, it happened. So we jumped into the game so fast. I didn't get a chance to really say stuff about Shannon. Shannon, for the most part, at Behind the Steel Curtain, you're – responsible for a lot of the commentary that we have you and Tony are our main commentary guys, but you're doing something else new this season that should be coming out very, I don't know. I can't remember. I don't think it came out today. I think it's coming out tomorrow. Um, what, what do you have? What article are you doing for us this year? That's new for you. Uh, I'm going to be doing the stock report. And uh, uh, so I'll be talking about who's trending up and 
who's trending down and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, who's treading water. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's kind of new to have a, a scheduled piece each week. And, uh, but I'm trying to become more involved in that side. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm used to Brian doing the knee jerk reaction. Mm -hmm. And when I, when I first read it, I seen it was Rick. I was like, Oh man, that's, you know, this is going to be different, Yeah. but it, it, he kept it, you know, it was very in the same, uh, it reminded me a lot of Brian's mm -hmm. and that he did use exactly what he was thinking at that second. Even I enjoyed the parts talking about his son said this or said that I like <laughs> yeah. that when you get the family involved, uh, because, you know, kids say the darndest things, right? So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I love I love Kyle likening Benny Snell to to having the energy like you know chasing the toddler around. He's on a sugar rush. Yeah, <laughs> he's like he's just bouncing all over the place like a little kid on sugar rush. I was like, I was like that's in the article, definitely. Yeah. So I I like that article, and honestly, I've written that article for Brian before. I did it for him once last year when he was in the woods and didn't know what his signal was going to be, where he was had a a, a Boy Scout. Uh, obligation that he was doing and my goal was to just kind of do it like he did just you know you're 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 putting your thoughts out there and I, the best part about that knee-jerk reactions article is it basically what every time i read it i feel like i am going through the emotions of the game in a compressed version like i remember feeling that i remember feeling that i remember feeling that and you kind of relive your emotions going through it like that so um the, the the one thing I did leave out that I really thought about putting in there, it wasn't anything I said out loud in front of the family, but uh, I had certain thoughts about our a certain offensive coordinator after our first series. <laughs> yeah, did you uh if you read Jeff Hartman's Winners and Losers article? <laughs> I actually I actually put something down and said uh, no, I can't uh, better that. not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I I know exactly what you're talking about there. So let's kind of dive into this. The way we usually do the format uh, of this show, although it's got a different name, I wanted to keep a similar format to how it was last year in season, where the first half of the show we talk about the week that was, and the second half of the show we talk about the week that's coming up. Now, because we are so close to the game that just happened, we might go a little bit over this time. If we do, that's okay. But um, what I – kind of wanted to focus on one thing in particular and the, the name of the show is the Steelers hit the ground running in 2020 so or something to that nature so what I wanted to focus on first is how when the Steelers came out it was very frustrating with coach Feetner because early on it was run run pass like you knew exactly what they were going to do. You could tell what the place kind of beyond that the plays were coming. It was, it was run up the middle, run up the middle pass. Yeah. yeah. James Connor was not very effective running the football. It really wasn't until he was spelled, even though he was still running. But when Benny Snell came in, in, in a little bit of a spell, he, he busted a little bit, but so early on, the fact that the Steelers were running so much was like, eh, but then they got it going. They really got it going. So before we talk about them get, getting going, what what was your initial reaction? We'll start with Shannon to the first, you know, to the first three and out of the game, and it seemed like that the Steelers were just kind of a little bit ho hum on offense. What what were you thinking when when that first started going? Well, it kind of reminded me of some of the past year, um, in that 
it was so predictable. Uh, yeah. I expected Ben to have rust, uh, you know, coming back from the surgery and, and, you know, he would be nervous till he leaned into one real good and realized his arm won't go fall off. Uh, but I, the way the line is constructed, they were built mainly when Bell was here and uh, to protect Ben. So I think a lot of times that if they open the game and throwing, it opens up the run later mm -hmm. uh, because they just, they're not a power blocking line. They can't clear space. If you watch when they fire off the ball, it's a stalemate. They don't get yeah. any push. And and maybe Dotson will change that. I think they're I think they're wanting to change it. Mm -hmm. But with the personnel they have right now, and uh Fowler is is better on the outside. Uh I I think at tackle at this point, you know, he's still technique wise. I didn't see him get a lot of push mm -hmm. last night either. And uh so it, it, they really didn't get anything going right off, and I was I was anxious to see Ben throw, and once he did, he was a little bit erratic, but his arm looked really alive, um, and uh, you know that's a good thing, you know coming back from that injury, and uh, then he started to get his rhythm as the game went on. So I'm now rich. I'm going to ask you a slightly different question. What did okay. you think? of Ben Roethlisberger's first drop back where he decided to throw the ball to James Conner, which you brought up in the live chat last night I did. Um, with, uh, with the post-game show, that he actually threw it backwards and because it hit the ground was considered because a Because he threw it over Conner's head backwards. It was the same as if he turned to do a toss and, and threw it, it past him. <laughs> yeah, It's classified a fumble. Yeah. So technically, his first drop back was a fumble. Not even a pass. <laughs> yeah, it was a fumble. It was technically a fumble recovered by Connor. My, I had a couple thoughts here. My first was, who is is our is our line going to even bother to try to block? This is yeah. this is not going to be a good game if this is how we're going to block. Mm -hmm. And then it was like, oh Ben, that was terrible decision. All right, who's doing that? Who's got the ESPN? Not me. Thing? It's not the. I'm not the okay. ESPN. It's, it's, it's me. Okay. It's I was just like, wait a minute. Oh, I'm I, I was okay. <laughs> um, I, I was waiting I was, for the breaking news. <laughs> that was the that was the point in time that for that first series happened, and I was having flashbacks to the first game of last year and how that went. And I was just like, uh, oh, no, we not against the Giants. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. And and we're going to get to the to the whole point of what we're going to focus on with, with some stuff going with the run game. But this is too big of a question to not ask. So I'm going to ask Shannon, and I'm going to ask Rich. The question is, at what point in the game last night, Monday night, did you say to yourself, there's Ben. That's the Ben that I was looking for. What did you think, Shannon? Well, the pass to Claypool, he, uh, <laughs> that's Ben. He mm -hmm. loves to, to, if he's moving like that, no, he likes to look downfield for the big play. Uh, it was a great play by Claypool. I mean, that we've been hearing all camp about this athleticism and contested catches, and, and uh, he looked like the real deal. 
but I really started to feel it when they went to the two minute offense. Mm-hmm. He got in, you know, calling his place. He he felt comfortable. You could tell he wasn't nervous anymore. The jitters were gone. And he was just focusing on getting them in scoring position. And that's when I said, okay, he's back. Uh, he made one throw uh, in that uh, drive where he really uh, laid into one to Ebron. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, and he had one deep out route also uh, that he put it right on. Uh, uh, I can't remember who he threw it to now. But, uh, you know, it was it showed that he was in the flow of the game and he wasn't any nerves or jitters at that point. Of course they scored. So that was awesome. Yeah. Rick, you agree with that? Or? My, mine was definitely the, the, at the end of the first half and actually it was in, in my knee jerk reaction article. Okay. The Steelers mm-hmm. received that punt from the giants with a minute 32 left in the half mm-hmm. and all three timeouts. And I wrote down, you know, you know, we get it back, minute 30 to go. Is this where we're going to see some of that Ben magic? Okay. Mm-hmm. And and actually Kyle brought up, he's like, well, not just a minute 32. They've got all three timeouts. He's like, we can do this. Yeah. And when, when Ben got to just operate in at that slightly up tempo, he's calling the plays. And he's spreading the ball around to all his different receivers. And we're biting off, you know, 10, 14, 15 yards a play. And next thing you know, I'm like, we're in field goal range. We're going we're gonna to score and have the lead at the half. And then the play to Washington and Grandpa Strong, as Ike Taylor said. That's right. Grandpa <laughs> Strong gets his way gets his way into the end zone. And I was just like, holy cow. At that point, I was like, I was like, once Ben got through that series. I knew he was comfortable. Yeah. To me, it was earlier than that. When I when I when I first started to say, okay, here we go, was third and seven on their second drive, looking to be another three and out, and he hits Juju for the eleven yard gain. I was like, that's what Ben needed. Now here we go. So then what happened on the very next play? Connor for one yard. Then the next play was incomplete. So here we are, third and nine, and boom, Claypool, 28 yards. That's when you're like, all right, I think this is it. That's when I I got my confidence. But see, see, that's the difference. See, you Mm. said, I think this is it. Yeah. But you asked, when did I know? When did you know? To me, I knew after the execution of that two minute drill. Well, I thought the pass to Claypool was beautiful because he threw that ball where only his guy had a chance to get it mm-hmm. and Claypool made the play and he had the confidence in the rookie correct <laughs> it, th- that throwing catch was a vintage Ben type of play but I knew that Ben was all was back and he was in the groove for from that two minute drill yeah. he was playing well mm-hmm. before that but once he gets through that two minute drill I had all the confidence in the world going into the second half. All right. Well, before I lose it, I want to bring up where we have a super chat. Uh, I'm not going to try to say the whole name because I'll mess it up in a bad way. I'll just say what. Okay. Um, 
put, puts 499 in the tip jar that says this defense is one of the fastest front sevens ever. Reminds me of that 02 Tampa D, but the Steelers have more playmakers. We are going to get to that defense yeah, shortly. Are. As soon as I bring up the number that I think was really key, 119. Shannon, you know what number I'm talking about with 119? Was that Snell's rushing yards? That was Snell's rushing yards because the Steelers are one for one. One game, one 100-yard rusher. They only had one 100-yard rusher all last season. Yep. One game in which they had a 100-yard rusher. So far, they've only played one game in 2020, and they have a 100-yard rusher. So that, to me, you know, they struggled early. Connor, was it? But once Snell okay. got going, you, and once Ben, once ben got those, you know, the pass to Juju, the pass to Claypool, I think kind of what really helped then get the get the running game going, and you've got to start somewhere. And it was those passes I think that really started going. What's up, Ray? You know, we're, talk, we're talking about that run game not starting off very quick. Did you notice some things? Because I noticed some things during the game of the running game early. Okay, I talked about the runs up the middle, and at first we were handing off the ball and running left mm-hmm. behind Filer and Big Al. The running game picked up later in the first half when we started running the ball to the right. Yeah. Which is what is going to hurt so much about losing Zach Banner. Well, when they started running behind Banner, that's when the yardage started to pick up. And believe it or not, then later in the game, we were able to go back and run left because then they didn't know what we were doing. But at first, all we were doing was running up the middle and left. Why did the Steelers run left a lot? You want to know why? I think they were. I think they were trying to get behind Filer. Well, yeah, but what else do they usually do? They pull to Castro. They pull yeah. it. So right. you get the pulling all pro guard and go in that way, and it, it makes for some some good plays. Sure. Um, but I thought I liked how the Steelers got the running game going. I mean, he only had 19 carries. There was only three running backs all weekend for the NFL that went over 100 yards. You had. I know who one of them was. Whatever his name is, that um, uh, the the first round running back taken by the Chiefs on Thursday night, and then you had Derrick Henry the second Monday night game. There was no hundred yard rushers on Sunday. No hundred yard rushers on Sunday. They were yeah, but Henry had what thirty carries, um, something like that. I had that yeah, up here. It, for it a was second. a ton of carries to get. Yeah, that. <laughs> it was thirty one carries. Mm-hmm. Um, for 116 yards. So it's not even like he had that impressive of an average. It was 3.7. Um, they just gave him the ball enough to, to get him there. So that's a really good point, Shannon. So what do you think was more important with Snell's yards? The fact that he got the 100 or that he did, did it on less than 20 carries? Well, it was a total shock. I mean, I knew he'd lost weight. I don't know how much and really come in condition, but he looked so much quicker. Uh, and had a burst that he didn't have last year. He always runs hard and runs low. But last night, he was getting around the end and and would make guys miss even, not just run over people. Yeah. And uh, so I thought that per carry average was very impressive, that burst he showed last night. Yeah, I felt like he was successful running what I would call off tackle. You know, yeah. it's not that they were running the stretch play, mm-hmm. but you were running not right up in the middle. But the, the other thing – that I still can't remember. I should have asked if it was Kevin or Jeffrey that brought this up in a film that if the offensive line isn't getting a lot of push, Snell's the kind of guy that looks for the gaps and the defenders 
and finds the gap that doesn't have the defender and 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 goes into it is more of more of the style of the way he runs and the way they were blocking it was just working for him last night uh rich what your overall thoughts on benny snell football well first of all if lance is out there listening I don't think we can call him Benny No Jets anymore. Yeah. Um, I've been saying that all last was year. Much more I was all now, upset about people that were down on Benny. I know. I thought he was me, fine. Let me tell you what it reminded me of, the difference in him running last year and the difference in him running this year. Okay? He came in, he dropped a little bit of the weight, and we got a little more burst, and he took off. Do you remember one Mr. But they could get robbed his between his Mr. rookie L, and if Shannon is who that is, that is Mr. L Bell, if you know what I mean. Okay. Um <laughs> that's that was his nickname on our podcast because yeah, because of the incident. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, he he the difference in him. Mm-hmm. Right. He, he made the, that big jump the second year after he just he said I decided to trim down. It gave me just a little step. more speed. And it made a big difference. And I think we're kind of seeing the same thing in Benny Snell. Can you agree with that, Shannon? Yeah, Connor did the same thing after his rookie yeah. year. Actually, you're right. Same yeah. thing there. It, it was yeah. just I, – I think I think guys come in – a lot of running backs come in and they spend that first year and they realize that although they were putting on a little more weight in college to – and that was okay because it would help. Yeah, they would run over guys and things like that. That what they really need to succeed in the NFL is that extra half a step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you're right. And honestly, wouldn't be shocked to see that from one Anthony McFarland Jr., who was not active. Um, I'll bring that up here a little bit later. I do have another uh, super chat. I got to bring up dollar ninety nine from Nathaniel Zarate. He says, "Love the show. Do you think Al gets an extension?" The answer to that is no. He's not getting an extension because this is the last year of his contract and the Steelers don't negotiate during the season. So the only time he's going to get a contract would be after the season is over. So it wouldn't be an extension. It would be a new deal. So to just to clarify that part of it. So it's it would be anything after the season's over. The Steelers don't do contracts during the season. I don't know if Shannon can remember this or Rich what year it was when the Steelers fell apart because they did deals during the season and guys that got deals versus guys didn't get deals and kind of oh, the locker room and they fell apart late in the season. It was in the night. I don't remember. Yeah. It was, I think you're right. I think it was in the nineties, but I don't remember what year that was, but I do remember then that, that it really disrupted the locker room and they're like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. Um, I think what will happen with Big Al is Big Al will decide um, first, does he still want to play? Mm-hmm. He, he's got to decide, does he still want to play? And then he's got to decide for himself what kind of money he wants to play for. And does that match up with still being a stealer? I'm not sure Big Al wants to go play for anybody else. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I don't. I don't know that. I think I it's going to be a question of does he want to keep playing? If that, he wants, to, if he in? wants to keep playing, and we can get a team friendly deal from him, then why wouldn't you? So, I, I think he. I think he wants to retire still. Or, uh, he's proven that uh, certain things are more important to him than money. Uh, especially, he should be pretty comfortable at this point. 
I think he would take a, a team-friendly deal because he might retire in a year or two, you know, take something and make sure he can go out of stealing. And uh, I think he's still got a year or two left. I really do. Yeah, I, I think it's going to come down to how this year goes. Really, yep. I mean, for him individually, I really do. Yep. Um, I, I I like to say he was the he was the third oldest Steeler on the team. That's not true anymore. He's now the fourth because of the signing of Dustin Colquitt, yeah. <laughs> who is like who is up there. Um, we're getting close to the break. We'll see how how much the discussion goes into it. Um, you know what? I don't want to jump into because when I say they they got it the you know got hit the ground running, it wasn't just the offense. It also had to do with the defense. Yep. And rather than rush through this because it's so fresh in our mind, we're going to go ahead and take the break. We're going to go ahead and end show one and head to show two, and we're going to do the rush defense, and then we're going to roll into some stuff with next week because yep. it's so fresh that that um, haven't really got too much of a chance to dive into, into mm-hmm. the Broncos here anyway. So uh, for those of you list- watching here on YouTube, don't go anywhere. We'll be back in just a few seconds. For those of you listening on our audio platforms, just uh, part two is going to be right there for you. You can click right on it and, and head into that show. And we'll be back with you in just a moment. 